gets tiring like listening to the same bit. honestly like as i'm saying it every time i'm like wow didn't we already do this <laughs> lmao okay so this is the last two episodes of our bottom ranking in book two yeah and then instead of moving on to the top four we're going to watch like two i guess middle tier episodes yeah Kind of like a buffer. We want to add them as bonus because I think they're kind of contentious. Or like it seems like basically like the majority opinion, the public opinion is pretty different from ours. Yeah. Or I think specifically it's like for one of the episodes I have really strong opinions about. And then the mm. other one, I just think that it's like a pretty good episode, you know? And we should just put it, yeah. Yeah. That's what I view them as. Fair enough. Also, like, is there a reason we're being so cryptic? Like, oh, and then in one episode, like, can we just say what oh, they are? yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Tales of Bossing Say, I'm guessing, is the one you have very strong opinions about. Yeah, that's the one that I think, like, I don't know why. It's not even that, like, I don't really like it. Like, in book three, the way that we're going about the episodes is, like, there are some episodes that you specifically just, like, don't like for whatever reason, and there are episodes mm-hmm. that I don't like for whatever reason. But for Tales of Bossing Say, it's a strong dislike. Like, Oh, really? I thought you were going to say, like, it's fine, but it's so annoying how everyone loves it so much. Oh, that too. I think that's where the strong dislike stems from, you know? Got it. Because I'm like, why do people think it's good? yeah it's like fine yeah but what's funny is that in city of walls and secrets Mm -hmm. like it reminded me of reasons why i don't like tales of bossing say but we can talk about that like when we get into it when okay yeah okay we'll talk about it when we get into it and then the other one is lake wow guy right yeah, so that's just like an FYI. So for the episode after this, it's not going to be going straight into the best episodes of book two. We're going to do like a kind of buffer before we start getting into that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so City of All and Secrets is episode 13 in season two. Aang and the kids finally arrive in Bossing Say to see the Earth King, only to find mysterious forces within the city conspiring to stop them mysterious forces who judy yeah i don't i don't know <laughs> i don't An think entity. it's mysterious <laughs> i don't think it's a force i think it's pretty mysterious it makes it sound like it's kind of like spirit worldy like mysterious like oh my <laughs> god other words. but it's just freaking long fang <laughs> yeah long fang and judy yeah yeah so basically it felt sucky to be back in bossing say like just rotting within the city and this is like the bossing say explanation episode where they really get in deep about what the city is and i was like no yeah. <laughs> um i i thought that the train thing where it's like two guys pushing it mm-hmm. or i guess earth bending it that mm-hmm. was pretty cool mm-hmm. like i really like it when avatar kind of explains i guess 
mechanisms in the real world in the avatar world Mm -hmm. but like makes it so it can adapt easily you know like Mm -hmm. oh like a subway but it makes sense because it's earthbenders Mm -hmm. same thing with like the omashu cart system Mm -hmm. like i really like that stuff where it's like in korra i hate it when they do it because it's like oh metal bending so they're police officers and i'm like this sucks i hate this (laughs) Mm. Oh, gross. Or it's, like, professional sports, and it's, like, pro-bending. Ugh, icky. (laughs) I take your point. Like, I really don't have anything to add, but I I agree. Yeah. That's just... I I like the train. But I guess, like, the rest of it was kind of boring. Felt very info-dumpy. Yeah. I think, like... There are a lot of things kind of that would just like slip past my notice when I would watch them normally. Like, I don't know. I've watched this series like 10 times, but now watching it like with a critical eye, like, okay, like gotta be watching this for the podcast. It just like kind of puts a different like attitude in it for me. And I start like mm, having a kind of like different experience when I watch stuff, I guess. But like this episode, when they talked about the three rings, the delivery is like pretty decent, you know? Because Judy's like, haha, the artisans and people who work with their hands. And the guitar is like, all the poor people are sectioned off. Like, yeah. All right, I, I, it just reminds me of like when you're learning about like caste systems in mm-hmm. history and it shows like a pyramid and it's like oh at the top obviously like nobility and mm-hmm. then like in the middle it's usually like the intellectuals like doctors mm-hmm. and stuff and then like they usually group together like um the artisans and then I guess peasants mm. or sometimes they keep it separate but either way you mm-hmm. know I was like oh obviously this is supposed to be that mm-hmm. and watching it I was like hmm, it's kind of like like heavy-handed mm. you know but then I realized this is a children's show so mm-hmm. <laughs> makes sense yeah or like, I think it's cool some lines I guess like on this watch hit different than they have for me in the past like when Jet is getting um hypnotized right and then he's like oh there is no war within the walls and jet says what of course there is where do you think all the refugees come from i was like true yeah that line's like <laughs> really hit this time yeah. i really like what ang says where he was like this is why i never came to the city like it's so different from what the monks taught mm. us growing up mm. um i think it's really cool when you look at it from like that lens because mm. i don't know they, the way that the series paints Bossing say it's supposed to be like a utopia, mm-hmm. as Long Fang puts it, mm-hmm. or the entirety of like the Serpent's Pass, it's like we have to get to Bossing say we have to get mm-hmm. to Bossing say and you finally get there and you're like, whoa, this what sucks. the, what is this dystopian, yeah. you know? It's like so scary, mm-hmm. but like literally that's the best option they have like in the war. Mm. Yeah. I thought that, speaking of, like, what Aang says about Bossing Say, I thought the moment when they're, like, on the subway about to enter the city, and Katara and Sokka are like, oh, like, how hard could it be to find Appa? And Aang goes, I don't know, it's such a big city. And they're like, yeah, but, like, he's a bison. And then they, like, the tunnel, like, opens up, and you're like, oh, my God, this city is huge. I think that's, like, a great moment. And it's so crazy how distinct each circle is. Mm-hmm. Like the lower ring compared to the upper rings. Mm-hmm. It's like 
so different mm-hmm. especially when they're going in that really quick like okay so this is what this mm-hmm. is this is what that is mm-hmm. i was like damn these are all like they could literally be different cities you yeah know, but it's all one big city mm-hmm. it's crazy yeah i think like it just makes it feel like a behemoth entity that like because like, basically what they have to do is fight bossing say right like as a concept like the earth king long thing like the the sheer size of it that is like preventing them from finding Appa like they have to fight like this weird system where they're like there is no war like they have to fight the whole city right but then like that's the so city funny. is huge like how could they possibly like the city has a life of its own you know like it is a beast when we were talking about this in a different episode like mm-hmm. I was saying oh you know how in each season there's kind of like the main villain and we were like <laughs> okay obviously season one is Zhao and we were like season two Mm. bossing say (laughs) (laughs) but like actually yeah no you're totally right and it's so like because okay when you watch this episode even the first time i watched this i remember the scene where okay so obviously what happens is that this is kind of like setting up what the conflict is going to be Mm -hmm. which is meeting long fang Mm -hmm. and discovering that Bossing say is not what they thought it was gonna mm-hmm. be. So when they sneak into the palace mm-hmm. to, I guess like, talk to try to talk to the Earth King, and they come across Long Fang, mm-hmm. I immediately got like really creepy vibes from him. Mm-hmm. And then that scene in the library where it's like this green light, and then he's just talking to them is so spooky to me. Mm-hmm. And then the reveal at the end where he's like, "This is Judy," and it's obviously not the Judy. Same Judy. Yeah. Yeah. Like I. Even though I don't really like this episode because of certain aspects that we can talk about later, mm-hmm. I think that the way that it kind of sets up Bossing Say as like a setting for season two is really good. Mm. It's kind of sad though that Long Fang turns out to be like so boring. Like he has a spooky vibe, so you expect him to be like a very powerful mm, opposition. But then at the yeah. end, he just, oh no. <laughs> like, they throw one punch and he just, like, is defeated. I know. <laughs> like, I don't want to bring up Korra again, but I think that the way that Long Fang is introduced reminds me, like, especially at the end of the episode, where when he's talking about, like, why they have to uphold these rules in Bossing Say, listening to it, I thought to myself, well, he's not wrong, you know? Like, I guess that thing about ignorance is bliss, Mm. like, it's not necessarily wrong, but I guess the way that they go about it, especially in opposition to, like, Aang's team, where you know that they're doing the right thing, you're Mm. like, ugh, you know? And, like, in Korra, that's the entire thing. Like, each villain that they go against, his ideology isn't wrong, but it's, like, the way they go about it Mm. is what makes them the villain. Yeah. Long Fang, I guess, was their hamster their guinea pig <laughs> that was weird that you said hamster first but yeah i know i was like hamster mm, that's, not, that's not right <laughs> yeah i like with long fang though he's like oh like our goal in bossing say is peace like to create utopia and stuff but like it's uh like i don't know how to say what i want to say well but like it's obvious like that's obviously not peace like 
that's not the same thing as like achieving peace like Aang's goal is peace too but like Long Feng is like no like our goal is peace but really his goal is to grab power right like yeah so I don't know anyway I guess it's like a facade you know yeah I thought Um, it was so spooky when he was like um explaining like oh, the king doesn't have time to get involved with such trifle political matters. That is such a scary line. Like, the king doesn't have time to think about politics. <gasps> so yeah, scary. Yeah, like, what the hell? Oh, my God. It also calls into question kind of, like, okay, so who knows about the war? Because obviously you have an entire Holy. ring full of people who know that the war exists and fled to Bossing Se because of the war. Totally. And then I assume that the people like who go to the university they must like or like there must be people who know about the war so is it only the people at the very top who are kind of like i guess ignorant but then there's the neighbor and he seemed to know what the breakdown was obviously he's probably there for plot reasons but like you have to think that it's like a very small percentage of the city who does not know that there's this war going on. Yeah, no, that whole... I was going to bring that up. Because when they talk mm. to the university student, they're like, he's like, what about the war, blah, blah, blah. And the kid starts sweating, right? Like, if yeah. he didn't know about the war, he'd be like, what? Like, what war? You know, so, like, I feel like there must be citizens all around who know about the war. Um, I think the, the point that, like, the writers are trying to make is not that it's spooky that nobody knows about the war, but it's spooky that it's forbidden to talk about the war when there are people who clearly know about it, could know about it, could talk about it, but can't because the Dai Li is fucking, like, everywhere and, like, will catch you if you yeah. try to talk about it. So, like, I think that stuff is all cool, right? Like, the premise, interesting. Mm-hmm. The thing that I remember why I don't like this episode Mm -hmm. and why I really wanted it to be in the bottom four was because I really hate the way that they edit, like, the uh, Jet and Zuko fight Mm -hmm. and then, like, the whole Earth Kingdom stuff. Mm -hmm. Because what it feels like when Jet, like, confronts Zuko and they start fighting is that they start fighting and then it's, like, transition and then you go to the Earth Kingdom and then it's, like... Or not Earth Kingdom, the earth king's birthday party thing Mm -hmm. and then it goes back to the fight but only for like three seconds Mm -hmm. and it just it feels like i'm missing out on all the action to go to this place where i'm like dude this is so boring yeah like i don't understand why they did that because i don't know i would think that a fight between jet and zuko is interesting and they would want to focus on that and not have all these like insane cuts in between yeah I wonder if the concept was trying to be like, well, it's all happening at the exact same time. Like, their experiences are so different, but, like, or, like, the way that they're experiencing the corruption is, like, pretty different. Like, Jet and Zuko are getting into, like, a violent kind of, like, sword fight versus, like, Aang and the gang are getting thwarted, like, in a high society party. But, like, the corruption they're experiencing is is the same, but happening in really different ways. But theoretically, it's happening at the exact same time. Maybe that's the concept, but also I agree. I was like, oh, oh, okay, we're back to the party. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then the Zuko Jet like subplot thing that's going on, Mm -hmm. I think it's so interesting. And that's why I'm like, why didn't they show more of it? You know, because 
When Jet is introduced in this episode, obviously he's not the same Jet in Jet, mm-hmm. you know? Because mm-hmm. Smellerby is like, I thought you left this all behind. And he was like, no, I'll report them to the police once I have evidence. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, he's not a vigilante anymore. Like, <laughs> oh my God, growth. You know, and that, but then he goes right back into his old ways. And that's why I think it's so interesting. Yeah. But they're like, no, look at the bear. Yeah. The bear's, the bear's birthday. Like so okay, like, okay. While we're talking about, like, the two things happening at once, one parallel between them was that Aang and Sokka were being so stupid and annoying. Well, mainly Aang was just being, like, so annoying. And Zuko and Jet were both being so annoying. Like, <laughs> Aang, like, spilled a thing on that lady and then airbended on her. I'm like, oh yeah, I... my god, you're so stupid. Like, what? And then, like, Jet storms in. He's like, these guys are firebenders. I'm like, oh my god, you're so stupid. And then Zuko's like, you want to see a fight? And I'm like, oh my god, you're so stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just <laughs> so annoying to watch. Yeah. But amongst all that stupidity, I agree. I love Jet Chapter 2. Like... Jet, I remember we were kind of like fangirling over the first Jet episode, like, oh my god, wait, like, this is kind of good, you know? (laughs) But then, like, truly when he comes back, like, it's just, like, an awesome story arc. Like, it's awesome. And also reminder that right before... Yeah. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) He dies. Also, though, reminder that, like, right before this, Jet and Zuko became, like, really good friends on the boat. Yeah, bro, what the... And they, like, like steal the food uh, together? Dude, that's... The potential. So good. No, that's... It makes it awesome. Because, like, Jet oh, okay, finally... Yeah. Like, I don't know. He's kind of still in his old ways then. He's like, all right, like, this is going to be my last, like, whatever. I'm just going to get food for us, like, on the way to Bossing Say. Pro- he's probably like, ooh, we're in international waters. Like, once we get to Bossing Say, though, like, the law will apply, okay? Like, I'll change myself then. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so he's, like, <laughs> yeah. on that boat with Zuko beforehand. And he's like, all right, let's do this, like, heist mission. We're going to steal all the food. They have a success. And he's like, awesome. Like, you know what? Like, all right. Like, I'm ready to turn over a new leaf. I can trust this guy. He's awesome. And then right when they get there, he's like, oh, fuck, like, they're firebenders, you know? Like, that must have just, like, derailed him. Like, whatever, like, slow progressional path he might have been on, that must have just, like, absolutely, like, destroyed him. And you can see him, like, losing his grip on, like, whatever kind of, like, stability he had built for himself, you know? So, like, Smellerby and Longshot are like, dude, like, please don't do this, don't do this. And he's like, no, like, like, ah, and then he starts kind of, like, relapsing into like these crazy like he steals their rocks and then is like watching them through the window he's like they're not there like ooh, you know i just think it's so interesting yeah yeah i agree with 100 percent of what you said <laughs> mainly because the entire time i was watching it i was like jet no yeah. don't slip away yeah <laughs> i was like jet but it's so good like even though it's so sad because you're like no jet like you could have you know stepped away from all of this it's like honestly one of the best arcs in avatar i think that his death although it's really sad it's so powerful yeah like he totally gets snubbed you know (laughs) just like as a person but for the story oh beautiful arc like it's just like gorgeous Mm-hmm. And then um, I wrote this down in my notes, but when it shows 
Zuko and Iroh kind of like walking in the lower ring Mm -hmm. Zuko says like oh the city is a prison I don't want to make a life here Mm. but then like later in the season you can totally see him start to adjust to his life in Ba Sing Se and then if he hadn't met Azula and then had that whole showdown in the catacombs like he totally was ready to kind of just give up his life and then mm-hmm. be Lee, you know? Yeah, that's And so it's true. so crazy. Like, it made that line hit so hard. I because, just got the like, chills. I know! I got the chills when I was watching mm-hmm. it. Especially because, like, um, a good thing that happens in Tales of Bossing Say, shocker, I know, me <laughs> praising Tales of Bossing Say, mm-hmm. it shows Zuko going on a date with, like, a normal freaking mm-hmm. girl. And it's like, he could totally be a normal person in Bossing Say. And he could totally just give up his life. And it's so interesting seeing that because, like, what we know of his arc, I guess if this was the first time you were watching it, you would be like, yeah, yeah, he's going to just, like, give it up, you know? Mm -hmm. But then, obviously, he doesn't. And Mm -hmm. I just think that this and Jet's arc are so good. Mm -hmm. Like, it kind of makes sitting through all of the episodes (laughs) worth it. It's so sad. Um... Yeah, I, I've never really thought about Zuko that way until you brought it up, I think, a couple of episodes, like podcast episodes ago. And like as you're saying it now, I'm like, oh, that's beautiful. Just yeah, beautiful. I wonder if they even like knew that when they were writing. I mean, mm. I guess they must have, you know. But I wonder if they like thought of it and then manifested it or if they did it and they were like, wow, what an awesome byproduct. Or like, this is how we can yeah, make yeah, it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think something else that's awesome about the Jet arc is like, he's right. Like, they are firebenders, you know? And, like... I know. Iroh, in this moment, is kind of, like... He must be in, like, survival mode, right? Like, this is their, like... Until now, they've kind of, like, been on the run. Like, maybe moving around a lot. They've, like... He ate those poisonous berries, you know? Like, they've had some rough times, right? But now he's, like, in a place. And, like, it seems like this is probably, like, the final place to go if you're a refugee, you know? Like, pretty stable. Like, if you can't make it in Bossing, say, like, then what, you know? So I feel like he must be in some sort of, like, survival mode. Like, it has to work here. And so, like, he'll just kind of, like, throw Jet under the bus and be like, oh, no, like, this boy is, like, crazy. Why is he saying this? Like, he's making stuff up. And then you watch Jet be, like, dragged away for, like, ultimately being right. Like, the way he goes about it is, like, stupid, right? But he's, like, right. And that makes it, like, so kind of, like, bitter when he's, like, dragged away. And then, like, watching him be hypnotized, like in those moments, he's right, too. Like, he's like, there is a war in Bossing Say. Like, what are you saying? This doesn't make any sense. Like, all this stuff. And it's, like, awful to watch because really the whole time he was right. Mm -hmm. That made me think of something. Like, when you're talking about Iroh in survival mode, Mm -hmm. like, at first, I was thinking, well, he's a refugee just like them, you know? Mm -hmm. They're all coming here to make a better life. But then, like, Iroh literally tried to take over bossing say mm-hmm. he was a general in the war mm-hmm. like and i guess he never really was punished for the things that he did in the war i guess his punishment was him losing his son mm. but it like the iroh that we know mm-hmm. obviously isn't the same iroh that the avatar world knows mm-hmm. and even though we don't want him to be kind of like um exposed for being an avatar it's really sad that even though Jet is right, and if he, like, 
it was proven that those two were firebenders, everyone mm-hmm. would probably be like, yeah, they should go to jail, you know? Mm-hmm. But it's sad because, I guess, given the scope of the show, it's like, Jet is the one who's in the wrong in this situation, mm-hmm. which makes no freaking sense mm-hmm. since I wrote, like, Zucor. Oh, it yeah. makes me so sad. Yeah. I just want Jet to have, like, a happy ending. But I think, like, better. that, like, he does. Like, he, he has, like, a solid redemption right before he dies, right? Okay, I guess I should rephrase it. I want Jet to be alive. <laughs> I don't want him to okay, die. Yes. got it, got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Also, okay, this is just something so small, but, like, if Iroh freaking firebended his tea right after the boat, why did he borrow the neighbor's rocks? Is he just lucky? Like... Bro, I don't know. Any sense. Um, oh my god, I wrote this. Okay, I don't know if you should include this or not because maybe I'll bring it up again in Tales of Bossing Say. But when Toph is talking about how Katara and gang will stick out like sore thumbs because mm. like they don't know high society, mm. Toph was like, well, I was brought up in high society, but I chose to abandon it. Mm-hmm. That's a big point in this episode because she's the one who eventually teaches Katara how to function in high society Mm -hmm. which makes their whole heist like work right and then when they're presented in like their clothes like Toph is wearing makeup Toph is dressed like Mm. in a dress and stuff why is it that in Tales of Bossing Say Toph is suddenly a country bumpkin who like doesn't know how to clean her feet tea tea freaking tea that's so true that's just yeah. an example of, like, the writers being, like, yes, like, worship Katara. And then, like, there was a time where I would be, like, okay, like, she, wow, Katara is so benevolent and wow. And, like, <laughs> now I'm, like, okay. Because it makes it seem like Toph is one of those tomboys who, like, she's, like, ugh, wearing makeup, that makes you weak, you know? Mm. When, like, obviously in this sense, it's, like, kind of a power for them them being able yeah. to blend in with high society obviously is like something that helps their cause so i don't understand why suddenly Toph wearing makeup she's like i feel girly like that's so so true like couldn't they have come up with something better between katara and Toph? i don't know no because they're like well you see Toph needs to be taught that she can be a girl by Katara. And they're like, two girls? What could we possibly make this episode about? Spa day! Like, (laughs) shut up. Get out of here. That's a great point. I hate it. Alright. Okay, so moving on to the library, which is episode 10 in season 2. The library. A professor leads the kids to a spirit library in the middle of the desert where Sokka hopes to discover secrets to use against the Fire Nation. Hmm. You know, that one's actually pretty solid. Yeah. Oh, okay. Fun fact, fun fact, fun fact. Wanshi Tong, he's voiced by... Do you remember The Princess Diaries? I haven't watched it. Okay. Oh, God. So I don't know if you'll get this then, but in the Princess Diaries, when she, like, finds out that she has, like, the royal family, she gets, like, a chauffeur slash bodyguard, and his name is Joe, and Wan Shi Tong is voiced by that guy. Yeah. 
I don't have a reaction because I haven't no. seen it. So, so <laughs> sad. But yeah, his name is Hector Elizondo. And oh, I really recognize that name. Let me look it up right now. Okay, you can look it up. But I saw the Princess Diaries and I was like, <gasps> gasp. Oh, I recognize his face. But I'm pretty sure. I- oh, he's in the Princess Diaries. That's what I just said. Wait, why did when you say the Princess Diaries, I thought you meant the Princess Bride? No, dum dum. OMG. Also, I still don't really have that much of a reaction because. Oh my. I watched so Princess Diaries for the first time when I was like 19. <laughs> what the? You're like 20. <laughs> yep. But I got obsessed with the books when I was younger. What the? And then you didn't watch the movie even though you were obsessed with the books? Yeah, because I didn't know how. What? <laughs> what do you mean you don't know how? No, they show that movie like this. every week on the Princess Diary or on Disney Channel. But okay, we can move off it. Anyways, moving off. Another fun fact. Maybe this one will get a good reaction. But Wan Shi Tong is a phrase in Mandarin that means he who knows 10,000 things. Oh. But... The way that they spell it on screen has like a little bit of a different meaning, and it, I guess it translates to "hall of immeasurable knowledge." Wow, he introduces himself as he who knows ten thousand things. Yeah, and that's because his name literally means that. Peace. <laughs> but I thought that was kind of cool, like the way that I guess um, it's written is not the same as like. You know, mm-hmm. I just think it's cool. I, I wanted to bring that up. It's hard to comment without, like, knowing the intricacies of the language because I wonder, like, how different this and that is or, like, how the translations are and all that. Oh, my God. Are you a linguistics major? <sighs> Please don't cyberbully me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> First of all, I just want to say I love the little opening scene of this of this um, episode, the, like, little gophers that sing. I think they're cute. Mm-hmm. That's all I, I have to say about that. Too. I like when Sokka says la di da and they're like na ni na. Yeah, and then they go to the oasis and it's not what they thought, and then there's a guy cutting up the fruit. That's cool. Oh, that fruit looks so delicious when he does it. I'm like, I want (laughs) to drink it so bad. Yeah, and then the guy never gets to, the professor never gets to drink it because he spills it all over Aang, and Aang says, that's okay. And I'm like, okay, but what about sorry? Yeah, or like, hey, let me get you another drink. Yeah. Like, he paid a whole circular coin with a square cut out of the middle. <laughs> so <laughs> That's it. Nothing else to say. <laughs> yeah, I think like the beginning is a little bit slow, but like that's fine. It's whatever. And they like Toph is like kind of being like a troll the whole time. <laughs> like they're on the saddle, she's like, haha, can't see. And then they're like, all right, let's go in. And she's like, um, nah. And Katara's like, what? You don't like libraries? And she's like, books don't really do it for me. <laughs> like, and I'm like, oh, being, right, she's blind. <laughs> yeah. She's just being troll. Which, you know, sometimes, like, sometimes I'm like, oh, these blind jokes. But I honestly sometimes forget that she's blind. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's a big character trait of hers. I just totally forget it. Yeah. The best joke was when she's like, we're here. And she's like, that's what it's going to sound like yeah. when you guys see it. She like waves her hand in front of her face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought it was really funny. But you know what? Even though it's really funny, 
the whole library sequence just sucks i hate all of it yeah i agree like all of it it's mainly because Sokka is insufferable he's the worst and the professor useless Wanshi Tong, yeah, but... kind of sassy, and like at first I was on board with it, but then he tried to kill everyone, and I was like, I, I think that the professor is a kind of good addition to be like, I don't know, like a foil? Like, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but he's good to have him there as comparison, because he truly, like, my kind of conception of Wanshi Tong is that he has kind of been jaded by humans and like it seems like a lot of shit has kind of like gone down in his library right like that whole section got burned like Zhao was here to kill one of the oldest spirits and like all this stuff right and so it seems like Wan Tong has kind of gone off on like this kind of weird extremist track of being like this keeper of knowledge where he's like oh like like knowledge must only be used this way like oh you must contribute to the knowledge or like i knew you were going to abuse the knowledge like no one should ever have my knowledge again like all of that it makes sense based on what seems to have happened in his past but as a keeper of knowledge like to kind of police knowledge that way is so strange you know and like something has obviously kind of like departed from what I think the spirit of knowledge should be, you know? Yeah. Wan so, Tong, don't be so lame. Yeah. And so I think Wan Tong is a really interesting character. And then kind of like in that same vein, the professor is really interesting because he literally wants knowledge for the sake of knowledge. Like he just, what, loves knowledge? Also, I've said knowledge like 20 times in the past 10 seconds. But yeah. Like, <laughs> he truly just like loves knowledge it right but in this episode he is so annoying he's useless and he's annoying and he doesn't make sense like he's theoretically exactly the type of person that Wan Shui Tong would want to come into his library and he sucks like so much so I think it's like interesting what they've set up like this framework with Wan Shui Tong and then the professor and then they kind of like threw the gang in the middle of it that's another thing, like, Washington, Wan Tong is, I, saw, I almost said Washington, and I was like, whoa, pump the brakes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Wan Tong like, isn't wrong. Like, again, you know, I'm like, you know what? So justified. If a guy came and burned an entire section of my library and mm-hmm. then misused that information to kill a spirit, I'd be mm-hmm. like, what the fuck? Yeah. You know? And not to mention, it's like that library's existed for so many years. Mm -hmm. He's probably seen so many people come and go. And he's like, you know what? I'll give them another chance. I'll give Mm -hmm. them another chance. Mm -hmm. So I was like, you know what? Wan Shi Tong, even though you're kind of sassy and it's like a little annoying, Mm -hmm. I'll let let it slide, right? Mm -hmm. Um, The professor, like, even though I was like, oh, he's so annoying. The only part that's really annoying is that they're like come on we have to run we have to go and then he tries to like plead with the spirit and i'm like whoa <laughs> not the place You're so stupid yeah yeah but i think that the last part where he decides to stay in the library is like kind of cool yeah. like i i think that when people make sacrifices like that it it's it's hard to kind of just like you know ignore it because I'm like, damn, you really would sacrifice all of this just to stay in to this read library. The books. Like, he, yeah. he'll be the only one that can read them, too, if he can't get out, you know? It's, like, literally for himself to have knowledge. 
it's like kind of cool but then also i'm like wanshi tang probably killed him and stuffed his head like oh wow great point this is the same thing as you being like all those people they're dead like <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's hard not to because you know wanshi tang's like i'm gonna stuff your heads you mm-hmm. know and then at the end it's like cool the professor's gonna stay but i don't think he's gonna get to read all those books like he planned yeah hmm, wow good point <laughs> yeah like it's really I, when i was watching it i was like it's actually crazy that they came into this old spirit's vast library and literally just beat him up and left like they're bullies <laughs> like oh my they're a god gang. it's like so crazy but um i i really liked it at the beginning when he's like if you're gonna lie to a spirit, like, at least try a little, you know? I was like, yeah, Sokka, like, don't be stupid. You know, Wanchitong flies away and Sokka's like, ha like, he I'm like, oh, you're stupid. Like, you're just stupid. And then the whole time he's yelling, like, yada-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And he's like, shh, not in front of the fox. I'm like, Sokka, you're stupid, okay? Like, you're dumb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I hate it when Sokka is, like, really annoying like this yeah like oh god it's just like i don't i'm not interested in seeing Sokka being annoying because i know i know he's annoying (laughs) um oh my god but when you're saying like oh they beat up the spirit and like they're like not cool it reminded me of that twitter meme where it's like the villain of the show the Mm -hmm. actual villain (laughs) it's like wanshi tong and then the gang (laughs) Yeah, yeah, the action. No, but it's like that really derpy picture of Aang where he's just standing there, like, and he's smiling. Have you seen it? I don't know. Someone did an actual thing where it was like the villains of the show, and I think it was like Ozai, and then oh it was like the actual villain, Aang. Mm, but Aang from like season one. Mm. Yeah, I thought. Um... I thought it was interesting, like, when Wan Tong is like, bro, I knew it, obviously, like, you guys were going to abuse this knowledge. And then Sokka's like, no, you don't get it, like, the Fire Nation is villains. I'm like, okay, that's you just being a human, it's so stupid. Like, yeah. obviously Wan Tong is like, I'm above this level. But then Aang's response, like, is a little more level-headed, and it, like, kind of makes more sense. I really liked that, like, distinction in the writing. I forgot what Aang said, but I just remember it being, like, less stupid than Sokka's, but still kind of stupid. Oh, he's like, mm-hmm. we have no, we had no choice. Like, we just wanted to protect the people that we love. And then Wanchi Tong responds to that by being like, well, now I'm going to protect what I love. I thought that was also a great response. He's not like, oh, that's stupid. You can't protect the people you love. He's like, okay, fair. Then I'm going to protect what I love. Oh, I'm like, great. damn, I guess he really is, like, he who knows a thousand things. Like, <laughs> when it comes to comebacks, he's yeah. like, bro, I've been around for so long. <laughs> Yeah, but it's really weird when he starts flapping his wings. I'm like, oh, this is. This oh my is god! And then like when his neck gets so long, I'm like, who are you, the other mom in Coraline? Yeah, like, so why true. does his it's neck so get scary. so long? Yeah. Um. I just think the other big thing that I really need to say for this episode is like Toph holding up that library. Like Toph it's in so this sad. episode is incredible. Like. To be obvious. She's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. 
Like, have you seen that meme that's like, y'all, can we just think about Toph holding up this giant library? Because, like, you know when they find it, it's, they only find this, like, tower part, and then they compare it to the picture, and they see how big the library is. And then in the meme, they compare Toph, like, to the tower, and then, like, superimpose <laughs> that on the picture of the library. And I haven't. And they're like, Please Toph send it to me. Up. Okay, I'll look for it. They're like, Toph was holding up this entire library. And, like, as soon as she lets go, it, like, shoop, disappears in, like, one second. And she has to hold it up for so long because who needed to go back to the planetarium and check every single date for like months and then they come out and they're like how could you let Appa go and she's like bro I can't see anything like she tried so hard she goes don't make me put this down and she tries as hard as she can oh my god she holds up that library for so long oh my god she's freaking swole not only that, but, like, I feel like Toph is greatly underappreciated in Team Avatar. Like, there are points where Sokka's like, LOL, I'm so glad I added you to the group, or, like, we added you to the group. Mm. But, like, this entire first half is them making it a point that she's, like, a new addition. That mm. she hasn't been around since, like, the beginning. Even in this episode, she's like, what about my vacation? And Sokka's like, nah, you haven't been around. Yeah, or, like... A big thing about, like, what is it? The pursuit? What is it called? The chase? The chase. What is the it? chase. Yeah, the pursuit, lol. Mm-hmm. Um, in the chase, like, Katara's like, well, that's not how we do things around here. Mm-hmm. Or, like, you're not pulling, like, or she's like, I'm pulling my own weight, but it's like, you're not helping the team, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, when you look at it, the entire show. Yeah. Think about how many times Toph has saved their lives. Think about how literally they wouldn't have been able to do all the things that they did without Toph. Mm -hmm. Like, it just makes me so sad, especially at the end of this episode when uh, Aang's like, where's Appa? And Toph, like, she knows because she was there when he got taken away. And she couldn't do anything. She can't even say anything. She just shakes her head. Yeah, and she's, like, curling up just like, no. Like, when when Appa gets taken away and she knows that it happened and she like tried but it wasn't enough and like she must feel like oh like if only I could see like if only I could have done something like if only I could have held up this thing better like all this stuff like and she's like I'm sorry Appa I'm like oh my god like oh you don't have to be sorry like you did so much like it's crazy Dude, and the fact that this thing just eats away at her and she perfects sandbending. Mm-hmm. Like, in the beach, she's like, I've been working on my sandbending. Mm-hmm. And, like, I feel like that's just written off, you know? Like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, she did that. But think about it. This moment must have been huge for Toph. Mm-hmm. Like, it must have made her feel so guilty mm-hmm. and just, like, made her feel like, yeah, it was all her fault that Appa got taken. Mm-hmm. And, like, the only thing she could do was, like, she's, like, I have to prevent this. I have to master this so this Mm -hmm. never happens again. Mm -hmm. Like, especially because in that moment, not only can she not really hold up the library because, like, you know, sand bending. Mm -hmm. But when she does try to let it down to, like, throw off an attack, she can't see because she's, Mm -hmm. like, everything's fuzzy. Mm -hmm. So she doesn't even hit them. She doesn't even know where they went off to. She doesn't even know who took them until later when she's, like, oh, I know his voice. Yeah. Like, that shit makes me so sad. So sad. Yeah. I just, it's so sad. 
it's so sad watching the episodes after this too when they don't have Appa and then watching and Appa's lost days. Yeah. Um it like obviously makes sense why Aang would just like be very, very angry and sad and like just like devastated and blame Toph. And like that's I think like not the right way to turn, obviously, which is like such a stupid thing to say because it's like, ooh, from a third-party perspective, like, that's not right. Like, it makes so <laughs> much sense why he has so much, like, anger directed at Toph. But it just makes me feel so sad for Toph. Like, she did so, so much. Like, and again, if Sokka hadn't fucking, I don't know, dude, that planetarium thing, just like, I don't know. I And I also really understand why Sokka like, felt like this is the only way we have to go to the planetarium right now. This is our only chance to find, like, they need an immediate big leg up on the Fire Nation, and it's, like, right there. Like, that makes sense, I guess, why he would run back, but he's stupid. Like, I don't know what, there's no, like, astronomers in this world that can, like, do the math for them, or, like, Bro, I don't true. know. Oh, like, my. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, like, it makes sense, right? Like, tunnel vision, like, you can see how he would see, like, a golden opportunity, like, slipping away quickly. So it's like, oh, we, ha- we just have to grab it right now. But also, like, he's a dumbass. <laughs> or if the library, does it, like, go back to the spirit world? I'm not sure. That's a good question. Because then couldn't Aang just be, like, gonna go to the spirit world, gonna go look at that <laughs> Check the planetarium. <laughs> yeah, bro. He shows up, he's like, what's up, Wanshi Tong? <laughs> Hi, Wanshi Tong. <laughs> yeah. Like, honestly, there wasn't any other way. Like, that's such a good point. Um, I also think even before all of that talk being like insanely incredible, she was just incredible. Like her and Appa, first of all, Appa looked so cute. And then her just like talking to Appa like as if he's just like a person, just like her being like, well, like this and that about the sand and like blah, blah, blah. Oh, but there's nothing wrong with Fuzzy. Like it was so cute. And she was just the best. That's why it's so sad in the next episode, Aang is like, you hated Appa. You wanted him gone. Like, dude yeah don't say that yeah. <laughs> uh but i may like i get it you know like honestly appa is the only person person <laughs> who's like been there with ang yeah. since like through it all honestly yeah. and to like lose that one connection that you had to your culture and like your past right. that's terrible like the point is that they're supposed to be like his animal his animal guide or something right like he talks about it with the guru a little bit or with someone i can't remember and but yeah like not only that but they are like the last two from like the southern air temple that ang knew dude i thought it was so funny when the professor was like oh like the story this beast could tell quiet chatty monkey i was like that's me (laughs) (laughs) that's me like loving appa but hating on momo hate momo god But, um, you know, it's, like, really interesting, even though it's so sad that Appa goes missing, to see how Aang can kind of get so dark. Mm -hmm. Like, is it the next episode, The Desert, where, like, do you remember when they go to that hive thingy, and then there's, like, a buzzer flying away, and then Aang just, like, air slices, and it hits it, and it falls, and I was like, did he just murder that buzzer mm. scary mm. i sent yeah. you a meme where ang was like i never could understand what could make someone want to kill someone 
wait, that was, like, a terrible way to say it. And then he was like, but then Appa got stolen. And uh-huh. I was like, LOL. So yeah. true. Did you see the thing when it was, like, or there are a lot of memes that are, like, Aang when someone tells him to kill the Fire Lord, like, mm, but then, like, Aang when someone takes Appa, he's like, where's the Sandbender? Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But that's, like, honestly one of the most it's so sad what like the saddest moment in avatar when he like he meets the person who stole mm-hmm. appa and oh my god that guy was like put a muzzle on appa oh my he's god. so stupid too he's like oh my god like i didn't know i sold him up i'm like you're you stupid know that the one bison with a giant freaking arrow on it <laughs> was the avatar yeah. And then, like, Aang is going into the Avatar state, and he's about to go berserk. And then Katara just goes and grabs his arm Mm -hmm. and pulls him down. And, like, he's crying, but he's, like, Mm -hmm. angry. Mm -hmm. Like, ooh, that part hits different. Mm -hmm. It makes me so sad. Mm -hmm. I'm about to change the topic drastically, but... I've seen some stuff about sandbenders, like, people being, like, I don't know, like, this is such a weird characterization, or, like, such a weird kind of, like, or suspicious, I guess, character design for kind of, like, these, like, villainous, sort of, like, thuggish, like, thief people, like, living in the desert, like, I think, like, the way that they're dressed, and just, like, it's, like, seems like a reference to certain cultures, or certain, like, I don't know, like, racial identities or different things like that and people are like i don't know about this like why are these people like thieves for no reason like why do they just like pop out of the desert to come steal appa or like when they get to that bar like why are they outside like <laughs> like spitting on the ground and like the guy's like the professor he's like shoo sand vendors like shoo and like it's just like kind of weird and people have been like this is suspicious and i'm like honestly like i believe you yeah. yeah, I don't know. No comment, because I thought about that, too, watching it. I was like, is this okay? Yeah. Anywho. Also- That's the thing. I think that, like, you can praise Avatar for kind of writing a cartoon targeted towards U.S. audiences that has, like, all this Asian influence, you know? Mm-hmm. But you can also be like, hey, but it's not perfect. Like, mm-hmm. some of those representation, like, you know, it's not... It's not... It's not it. Definitely. Yeah. I definitely thought about, like, the Asian influence thing when they went into their house in Ba Sing Se. I was like, wow, it's so beautiful inside. And it's, like, very obviously has, like, Asian influences. And she's like, isn't it beautiful? And I was like, yeah, it is beautiful. Thanks. (laughs) Is it just me or does Judy have, like, an accent? Why does she say Katara? (laughs) I know. I was like, is Huh? Is this being Asian? And Sokka. I'm like, oh. I don't know. Because it's not just her. It's also the other guy in Bossing Say. Like, he kind of has, like, I guess a stereotypical Asian accent. Mm. It it know. kind of was like, am I reaching or is something there? I, I don't know. I don't know either, but I'm just going to say it because I want to. Cool. Also, I thought of one thing that, about City of Walls and Secrets that I wanted to say but didn't. Mm-hmm. I, like, understand that the whole thing is the bureaucracy is, like, super frustrating. Like, they are important people in the war and they have important information to give to a world leader. But I think that, like, Sokka's frustration is a little bit, like, not 
understandable to me or like it's understandable but I think that it's like set up in a way that as a viewer I'm like I don't get like why he's so upset because he like waltzes into the city which is huge and he's like I need to see the earth king right now I'm a 14 year old boy and then she's like no you can't and he's like what is this like I'm like isn't that like a super normal response like you can't just like pop in on the earth king like oh wow. i don't know and, like i get it he has like really crazy important information big like gain on the fire nation in this huge war and like also there's the other frustrations of the city being like there is no war like that doesn't make any sense but there's like a part of Sokka's kind of frustration that i'm like um okay <laughs> i don't really know why you're like this frustrated the end yeah, because, you know, I don't know. I don't understand why they see the Earth King as, like, an end goal. Like, we have to talk to the Earth King. We have to talk to the Earth King. Because in this conversation, even they say it themselves. They're like, the Earth King is just a puppet, you know? So, like, what makes them think that mm. he has any power, like, at all? Well, but they don't know the puppet thing until after they insist on seeing the Earth King, right? No, but even after, because, like, after Long Fang kind of tells them, they still try to see the Earth King. Because, like, that's mm-hmm. how they expose, like, Lao Guy, you know? Right. Uh... Yeah, like, that's what I'm talking about. Because, like, if they understand that the Earth King is nothing more than a figurehead, still presenting him with this information won't necessarily change anything. I mean, like, I guess it technically does because in the show that's what happens. But, like, why wouldn't they mm-hmm. go to, like, a general and be like, hey, we have right. this plan, you know? Especially because they know right. about the war. Right. I don't get it, but it's like whatever because it gets easily resolved. Hmm. I also like when the Dai Li arrest Jet, you know, like the handcuffs are made out of their earth gloves. That's another genius way to use bending. Like, oh my, it just is so cool and I really like it. But also is like the Dai Li like like the FBI or something and like I don't know. Also, like, if they arrest earthbenders, like... That's another thing. Like, when they arrest Toph at the party, like, I thought she could see everything with her feet. What? She couldn't see these people sneaking up on her? Okay. Lol. I'll never stop talking about that because it doesn't make sense. Like, I wonder if she has the capability if she wants to, but, like, selective attention is a thing. Mm, I guess. Wait, but in The Blind Bandit... She's, like, walking with Aang, and then she's like, wait, there are people who are about to, like, come and kidnap us. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, that's it. No other comments. I think same. Okay, so how would we rate City of Walls and Secrets? Um, I thought it was fine. I'd probably give it, like, a 2.3 walls out of (laughs) 5. Wait, that's, like, so low. It's just, like, in the middle, and I was going to give it 2.5, but I was like, nah. Whoa. I was like, you know, it's, like, not good. It's not bad. It's just a meh. So for me, it's, like, a 3 Judy's out of 5. I kind of enjoyed some aspects of it. Like, honestly, the only super annoying thing was, like, the way that they edited it. 
and the party but like that didn't really seem that big in comparison when like we had jet you know so i was like i'll be generous the whole a plot for me was like okay like whatever true but i did enjoy the b plot so for the library i would say it's a solid honestly it was like a 1.5 foxes out of five i hate this episode yeah i was gonna say there were some parts that were like kind of good to it but the bad parts pretty much outweigh that but i wouldn't go so low as 1.5 i'd probably give it like a 2.6 it's like in the middle but like maybe slightly a little above except there are parts that really suck wait i'm getting stuck i'm just gonna leave it at that because i don't want to think too hard about it and I was also going to say Foxy Knowledge Seekers. So 2.6 Foxy Knowledge Seekers out of 5. I think part of it is that, like, you know, the way that I'm feeling. And I was not feeling watching. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't feel like, oh, I'm just going to sit down and watch the library, you know? <laughs> yeah. Honestly, it just, like, wasn't fun to watch because I was like, I hate yeah. that Sokka's annoying. So... 1.5 fair enough all right so next week we will have our buffer episode which um, is tales of bossing say and lake lao guy yep before we move on to our top four of this book all right so with that being said goodbye goodbye